Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. We're right in the middle of the ocean on the Investor Summit at Sea with a live studio audience. We've had a great week at Sea. We're going to share that with you when we come back. If you love real estate and have always wanted to own your own business, listen up. The Real Estate Guys and their panel of experts want to teach you how to go full-time fast in the real estate syndication business. These next few years may go down in history as one of the best times ever to acquire investment real estate. There are deals everywhere if you know where to look and how to assemble the resources. The Secrets of Successful Syndication Seminar will show you how to make big money doing big deals from a team of experts that have syndicated projects totaling more than $1 billion. Don't wait for someone to give you a raise or create a job for you. Attend the secrets of successful syndication and learn how to build a team, raise capital, find deals, and make full-time money in six months or less. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. All the big players use syndication as a way to diversify risk, optimize profits, and earn big money. You can too. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. Welcome to the 2015 Investor Summit at Sea. And this taping of the Real Estate Guys radio program, we have a live studio audience. It is the 13th annual Investor Summit at Sea. A whole bunch of great investors coming to learn about real estate and all kinds of other parts of the economy. And we are very, very pleased to welcome back to their second summit at sea, Robert and Kim Kiyosaki, ladies and gentlemen. Guys, welcome back. Robert Kiyosaki, uh, share a little bit with the uh, listening audience uh, what we were talking about today. Well, first of all, it's always a great, this is a fabulous place, environment. Congratulations. Uh, I always feel welcome. But most importantly, we're talking to the choir, which is nice. You know, a lot of times I spend a lot of time trying to convince people. And that's a waste of time. So I really, I've, I've enjoyed it a lot. And I love being here because, um, you know, I, and I've said this before, that sometimes it gets frustrating when we're, we're teaching to people or, and they read the books and they attend seminars, but then they don't take the information and use it. And the people here, you're the 1% that are actually out there doing something active. You know more than 99.9% .9 of the world when it comes to money and investing. So it's really a pleasure to see you guys actively out there buying real estate, buying property, doing businesses, all of that. So it's a joy. And one of the things we always love to do when we have a chance to have Kim with us is to do a breakout session. And today we actually did two. We did our traditional breakout session with the women. And uh, tell us what you can tell us about that. Oh, we can't tell you too much. Right. We can't tell you too much. No, you know, you get a group of women together um, in a powerful group like this of investors. And we basically talk about anything. And a lot of one of the things that's different when it comes to investing with men and women, the how-tos are the same, but some of the issues are different. So we talked about some of the issues today that affect women if you're in business with your with your spouse. Uh, we had that discussion. We had a discussion of, of women sometimes feeling that they aren't good enough and always trying to strive for better and comparing ourselves to each other. So we had that discussion. But then we also talked about one of uh, the principles that Robert and I live by. And one of the things that I think are one of the reasons for our success is it, it's a principle by Bucky Fuller called precession. And precession is when you drop a pebble in the water and the ripples go out. It's those precessional effects of you going for a goal and all of the precessional effects, all the pluses and minuses that happen as a result of that, which really is the magic. So it was a great discussion. All right. And uh, for the first time, we said, well, since they're going to be doing that, we'll get the guys all together with Robert. And that was colorful. How was that, man? <laughs> colorful. Well, I went back to being a Marine again and um, used language that's not politically correct, shall we say. But I think it made my point. So it was great. It was fantastic. It was great. In fact, it's interesting because we also talked about goals and from a little bit different uh, direction. Right. I think much of my my concern today, as you know, is I think this crash is in inevitable now. You know, for years I was warning about it, but I think it's here today. And if you're not prepared today, I think it's too late. So the talk was about when uh, flying a helicopter gunship in Vietnam when I lost my engine. You know, when you lose your engine 1,500 feet above the ocean, 27 miles at sea, it's kind of late to say, ah, should have practiced. <laughs> right. right. And at that point, you better know what to do at that moment. And for any pilot who knows, what kills most pilots is they pull back on the stick. And when the engine cra quits, especially with a helicopter loaded down with rockets, machine guns, and a crew, 
it flies like a rock. So the first thing you have to do, which they train us over and over and over and over again, is push the stick forward. I'm afraid when this crash comes, most people will pull backwards instead of go forward. And that was the discussion in colorful language, but also how different people responded to the crash. You know, even my own roommate wouldn't pick me up in the water because the commanding officer said not to pick me up. Now, I nearly killed him for that. But it's how what happens when you're in the water swimming, you know, and sharks are around you and you're afraid of dying, how we react under pressure and different people react differently. So my message to the to real estate guys crews here is you better be prepared today before something happens. If you're not prepared, I would stay away from that person. Absolutely. It's such a, a great metaphor because this whole everything in you says pull back and that's not what you're supposed to do. As we run into this crash, most people are going to be saying exactly that. And whenever it happens and, and we're not predicting when or where or exactly what part of the discussion is centered around. It's, it could be a, a ton of things. And as you said, Robert, probably something from left field. It's something we're not even ready for. But what about how do we get prepared? If we know there's something coming, what are the steps that we can take? I think number one is do not assume this crash will be like the last crash. And you know, do not be a legend in your own mind. And the reason I say that, the last crash, which occurred in 2007, it was wonderful. We made fortunes because we were buying as it went down. But this time... I don't think that's going to happen today because nothing has changed. The government's still doing this. They're printing money. So where this crash is going to come is, I don't know, but you got to watch the tea leaves, watch the wind, watch the currents, watch the waves, because it's going to come out of left field. You know, today we have enemies, foreign, domestic, and cyber. And any one of them can drop our economy in a split second. So the question is, what do you do that? And that's why in case it does happen, the question is, what's real to you? You know, some people say, well, like Peter Schiff was saying, you should buy currencies. Well, I'm not a currencies guy, so I'm not going to buy currencies. But I'm a former Marine, so I'll buy bullets. I understand bullets, you know. So the point here is a person better understand their strengths and their weaknesses and not try to be something they're not. For me to right now think I can day trade the market down, that's not possible for me. I'd best do with what I know I can do. So that's kind of my message. Don't take somebody else's advice. You better figure out what's what you can do, what's best for you, and how you're going to respond. And and you know we we talk to a lot. We have a, a radio show, and we talk to a lot of experts in that field. And there's there's been a couple trains of thought. And one is, if all hell comes loose, then you're going to need food. You're going to need fuel. You're going to need water. You're going to need shelter. So if you can deal in one of those, that's one train of thought. The other train of thought is to invest in anything that's tangible. What's tangible? Real estate is tangible. Gold is tangible, not paper, uh, things like that. So there's a lot of, a lot of expert opinions out there. And I agree with Robert. You got to do what's best in your world. Absolutely. Well, if you're not already listening to the Rich Dad Radio Show, you certainly need to be doing that. Easy to find at richdad.com or on iTunes. How about a big hand for Robert and Kim Kiyosaki? You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. More from the Summit at Sea when we come back. Live nationwide, you're listening to the Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. Are you still sitting on the sidelines trying to figure out when and where you're going to buy those investment properties? Well, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Atlanta, Georgia is still on sale, but you better act fast because the deals are almost gone. Hey, this is Ken Corsini with Georgia Residential Partners, and I want you to know that there may not be a better investing opportunity than Atlanta right now. Listed as one of the fastest growing markets in the country, both in terms of jobs and population, Forbes predicts 26% appreciation over the next three years. At Georgia Residential Partners, we sell turnkey cash-flowing investment properties. We also sell wholesale properties at insane discounts. We're launching a new home construction product this summer as well. And if you're still nervous about stepping out into another market, I will personally partner with you on a small portfolio of homes, if that's what it takes. Don't wait any longer. Check us out at gainvesting.com or call our office at 770-924-5450. 
We look forward to hearing from you. Memphis is famous for being the home of the king of rock and roll, but it's also the king of cash flow. If you're looking for affordable cash flow properties, it's hard to beat Memphis. Get your portfolio rocking and more cash flowing your way by calling Terry Kerr at Mid-South Home Buyers. Terry's the king of turnkey properties. Contact Terry through the resource section at realestateguysradio.com. And be sure to order Terry's tips for turnkey rental property investing report. It's free. Just send your request to turnkey at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, this is Kendra Todd, winner of The Apprentice, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. We are in the middle of the ocean with a live studio audience. Joining us now with lots of peppers on his badge, attorney Maurice Orold. How are you? I'm doing well, Orvin. How are you doing? Oh, absolutely great. Everything is good but my voice. Tell us about your week at sea. We've had just an amazing uh, week here. It's the first time I brought my beautiful wife Heidi with us, and uh, we brought our 10-month-old baby girl. It's just been an incredible week, spending some really amazing time with such an amazing group of people, and it's always great to hang around like-minded people like we do every year here on the Summit. Well, lots of learning goes on, and you certainly shared with us a lot about asset protection, but also the conversations over dinner, meeting in the hallway, lots of music and stuff. What was it like for folks to be able to spend real time with each other? That's one of the beauties of the, of the, of the summit is that it's not just classroom. It's not just coming and learning from these, this amazing faculty, but it, it is the opportunity to have uh, breakout sessions and dinners and lunches and just any time you get to, to, to spend some time and, and exchange ideas. Uh, it, it's just it's such an amazing experience. Now, our whole culture is education for effective action, which means when people leave with great ideas, we want them to implement those. Tell us about the conversations you've been having with investors about the things they're going to do to put into practice what you talked about in asset protection. Well, sure. One of the things uh, with asset protection is it's not it's not the sexiest thing around, and uh, especially when it comes to real estate investing, everybody gets excited about doing the deal and acquiring more and more properties, which is where the focus should be. But uh, not too many people like to talk about asset protection. We really like to think about it. So the summit is just a great opportunity to sort of implement that those those structures that we talk about all the time, and and, and spending a week and being focused allows everybody to do that. And that's kind of been the focus of our conversations, just knowing that this is something that needs to be done and it's a good time to do it. Now, you also help uh, a lot of the real estate investors who are interested in syndicating deals. And on this ship, we've got a lot of syndicators. So what's the buzz there? Well, syndication, obviously, is uh, with the new laws that have come out, everybody's really excited. And so being able to, to, to now advertise uh, syndications has really opened up the world for, for the syndicators. And so it's just been very excited to talk about some strategies and how to how to acquire more and more properties through the use of leverage and, and other people's money. And one of the greatest things about having you here all week is no billable hours. It's been awesome. It's uh, it's only happens once a, once a year for a week, and I'm always happy to do it. All right, good stuff. How about a hand for Marisa Old? Now back with us again for another great year, Mr. Paul Maselli from uh, Reef. How are you, sir? All right, Robert. How are you doing? Fabulous. You almost didn't make it this year. Yeah. Had a little uh, problem getting out of Dallas with the snowstorms and uh, had two or three flights get canceled. Had to drive all the way to New Orleans to get on a flight, but we made it. And we're glad you did because uh, you were able to share with the folks kind of what the investment angle is for oil and gas. And, of course, one of the big topical things is, Paul, 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 have you seen the price of oil? Well, there's no doubt you've seen the price of oil. How did you answer the questions people had about the declining cost of a barrel of oil affect our investment and how? Well, we, I gave my opinion and uh, opinion of a lot of experts around the country that, you know, have, uh, you know, kind of told us how about why the price of oil has gone down and, you know, some of the reasons and causes of it and what we're expecting to come back towards the, the middle of the summer to the, uh, the first of next year that the price should be back due to, you know, the, uh, glut basically being, uh, taken up a number of things, decline of production and also uh, the demand that, you know, we're expected to see. Now, how many of you in the audience uh, learned a ton more about the whole idea of investing in uh, oil and gas by applause? Real estate investors have to keep their eyes and their ears open to all kinds of investment opportunities. Even if you're not planning to invest in a particular asset class, the more you learn about it, the better you are as an investor. But learning about this has been great. And the tax incentives, I know you're not a tax professional, but just give us a glimpse of some of the tax reasons people are looking to invest in oil. Well, that's one of the reasons that you, you, you know, people do look to investing in, a, in an alternative investment like oil and gas is that it has tax benefits that no other investment has. Uh, you're able to basically write off about 70% of the investment against all types of income, uh, which is a significant tax break uh, that saves you anywhere from 20 to 
25% of uh, your actual total investment. So out of a $100,000 investment, you can save about twenty-five dollars to $26,000 in income tax that you would have paid. Another big key is with prices down, a lot of the land or the leases that trade are based on what their value is. So with prices down, that sounds bad, but it means you're able to acquire for less right now. Yes, it's actually a really good time for uh, opportunity uh, in the oil and gas industry because there are a lot of companies and a lot of individuals that are not able to take advantage of some of the drilling uh, percentages that they own. And so those interests become available to companies like Reef and so we will be able to take advantage of when prices are lower, it costs less to drill. Uh, so these wells can make a lot more sense at the lower prices. And then when the prices go back up, then they could be, uh, you know, a very you know, profitable uh, event for us when we sell them. All right. Now, probably the most important question I'm going to ask you is this. Your amazingly beautiful daughter has been on every one of the summits since she was born. Now that she's her current age, she's four, right? Yes. Now that she's four. What's her experience like on the summit? She's having one of the best times in, you know, of all the four cruises that we've been on. Uh, she's actually met a new friend, another Bella on here, and she's actually uh, having about the best time she's ever had. So it's, it's been great. And like Mauricio said, uh, you know, I bring her, you know, once you bring your, your little girl to an event like this, it just gets better and better because hopefully as she gets older, she'll get, you know, some financial education that will help her, uh, you know, when, as she, you know, becomes a, an adult. All right, good stuff. Well, how about a hand for Palmaselli? You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. We're in the middle of the ocean. More when we get back. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Real estate investment advice right in your mailbox. Sign up for the free Real Estate Guys newsletter at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, this is Patrick Donahoe of Paradigm Life. Over the last few years, I've had the privilege of sharing the services of Paradigm Life with you loyal Real Estate Guys Radio listeners through our website, www.beerbank.com, and also on the annual Investor Summit at Sea. Subsequently, we have seen a variety of financial situations across the socioeconomic spectrum and how everyone, regardless of their situation, would improve their financial lives by following the system we specialize in. As a result of this experience, we have created an online e-learning system so anyone without obligation can learn about the infinite banking concept. This free e-learning program is found on our website, www.beerbank.com. So check it out today. The website again is www.beerbank.com. Hi, this is Steve Forbes. You're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Have fun. You'll learn something. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. We are on the 2015 Investor Summit at Sea. We've got a live studio audience. They are a good-looking group. They've been out partying, dancing, learning, studying, doing all kinds of great stuff together. Let's welcome a faculty member who's back for his second year, Mr. David Sewell. How are you, David? Doing very well, thank you. How are you? I'm great. Now, big difference between the first and second year. How, how would you uh, rate this year compared to last year? Both are fantastic. This year, I enjoyed it more because I knew what to expect. And uh, my wife and I are both here. Deborah and I um, will never miss one in the future. All right. That says a lot right there. Now, you talked about an interesting angle of real estate. That's agricultural investing. And listeners may recognize your voice and your name because you've been on the show before. Uh, but tell us some of the highlights of what you shared. We have a uh, program that allows people to participate in a commodity that's fairly well-known these days. It's called coffee. We acquire underperforming coffee farms. We transform those into producing specialty coffee farms, and we subdivide them and allow uh, people to own a part of that commodity future. Yeah, it's amazing because you own the actual real estate, so it's not like investing in a stock or a co-op or an LLC, even though you can use different asset to structure us, our next, the next guess about that, but you're owning real estate that's producing coffee beans. Correct. And then what does that long-term prognosis looks like? These are new farms, old farms. How long do they provide cash flow? If I'm a real estate investor, I'm looking at how long my building going to last. What do you look at in agriculture? You should look at the agricultural investment as a legacy investment. It should be for yourself, your family, and your heirs. It should go on forever. Coffee's been around for quite some time. It's probably not going anywhere anytime soon. So you can consider this a perpetual cash flow machine. All right, good stuff. Who had a chance to get in a conversation at dinner with David and uh, learn something uh, by applause that they didn't already know? Good stuff. That's how it works. We're trying to expose uh, everybody to lots of different ideas. Our next faculty member... 
first time. So we don't have too many first time uh, faculty members this year, but we've got a couple of them. And uh, let's meet uh, attorney Jeffrey Verdon. Hey, Jeff. Hello, everybody. So, Jeff, you uh, we like to put the new faculty on early. So we got you on the first day so they would know who you were. And uh, just tell us about your experience. You're a guy that does a lot of conferences, does quite a few cruises, actually, educational cruises. So how was your week? This has been a fantastic week. I've been traveling with my beautiful wife, Wendy, and uh, getting on early and having a chance to give my presentation and meet some of the uh, many of the attendees uh, were uh, was wonderful, wonderful experience. Now, you talked about several things because in your practice, you deal with high net worth individuals and folks that are interested in acquiring wealth, preserving wealth, multiplying wealth, and then thinking about it once they're gone. So you talked a little about tax, a little about the asset protection, and a little bit about estate planning. Well, our focus is to help successful investors grow their wealth using the tax code. If you can convert taxable investment portfolio income into tax-free income, I mean, you're going to save anywhere from 25 to 40 percent and have more money to invest with in the future. So our approach is to help our clients reduce their individual taxes, help them save estate taxes, and most importantly, to help them protect their assets against a calamitous lawsuit that might arise in the future. Of course, because we go to different parts of the world on the summit, uh, we also talked a little about international uh, planning, and uh, you have a lot of experience there. Having seen you speak at several conferences, uh, your expertise also uh, involves some of the uh, foreign entities and structures. Can you speak to that? Well, a lot of investors are looking to spread their wealth internationally, and many international uh, sponsors uh, who sell investments won't sell them to U.S. individuals. So having an international trust be uh, the investor as opposed to the, the, the U.S. person allows people to have a broader, more diversified international exposure. Also, we, found, we have found in doing this almost 30 years that someone looking to have asset protection planning, a real solid asset protection planning where you get the, the lawsuit settled quickly and cheaply so both parties can move on with their lives, I find the international trust gives me greater settlement opportunities when, when someone is uh, threatening my client's wealth, and so we like the international trust uh, for that reason as well. One of our stops this year was in San Juan, Puerto Rico, and uh, we learned that there's some definite reasons to consider opening businesses, even re relocating for some people uh, to Puerto Rico, and, and uh, you and Peter Schiff talked about that because he's moved one of his businesses there, and you helped him do it. Tell us about uh, why people might consider uh, moving their business or their lives to Puerto Rico. Well, Puerto Rico has always been sort of the stepchild of the United States. The United States is trying to find ways that they can help Puerto Rico uh, financially. Back years ago, uh, corporations can move their business there, mostly pharmaceutical companies, manufacturing companies can go to Puerto Rico and not pay any U.S. income tax, but the government finally um, put that to bed back in 1995. This next go-around, Puerto Rico, in trying to attract successful investors who will come and bring both money, capital, and intellectual capital to Puerto Rico, uh, are trying to attract those investors by eliminating capital gains tax uh, and dividend income for uh, until the year 2035. So if you qualify under Act 22, uh, you as an investor can move to Puerto Rico, become a resident of Puerto Rico, and then any capital gains that you have, uh, that you earn from Puerto Rican sourced investments, uh, will not pay any capital gains tax until the year 2035. Now, if you're a business and you can ge you generate ordinary income through your business, you can move your business to Puerto Rico. And again, if the, if the income is sourced out of Puerto Rico, providing you know, management fees and other services that are generated through your uh, Puerto Rican corporation, above $250,000, you pay a tax. Your co company pays a tax rate of four percent. Again, as an incentive to encourage uh, successful business owners to come down to Puerto Rico and uh, and set up their companies down there, employ people and create capital and investment in Puerto Rico. All right, great stuff. Uh, if you guys enjoyed having uh, Jeff on board with us by a uh, show of applause, what'd you think? It was great coming into San Juan and hearing Jeffrey talk about San Juan with Peter, but it was also interesting because our ship arrived a little bit late and we had a big surprise for the audience. No one knew this, but uh, a gentleman joined us uh, in San Juan, uh, Mr. Simon Black. What'd you guys think of Simon Black? 
If you subscribe to Simon's Notes from the Field, you'll see he sent one out during our week and see that said, I flew halfway around the world for this, and that was absolutely extraordinary. And, of course, that's where Robert and Kim got uh, on the ship, so uh, good, good stuff. And I uh, had some fun time uh, in port. Uh, let's say hello to uh, faculty members who have been with us many, many times. Uh, Mr. Patrick Donahoe, how are you, sir? Hi, Robert. I'm great. Awesome. So now you come every year and you bring your team, and, and uh, tell us about uh, this year compared to other years. Well, this, I mean, it keeps getting better. I don't know how you guys continue to pull off a better and better event but I I mean I come for the experience and I think the experience is a result of the people you meet and the conversations you're in uh, it's hard to have high-level conversations with people that have a similar philosophy and similar out, similar outlook on life uh, than here I mean back home it's it's difficult to have those but here it's it's a it's a recurrence every every couple of hours and it's profound it's given me a ton of ideas to walk away from to better myself to better the business and can't wait till next year awesome well, what's great about watching you my friend is that you're an implementer and every year we see that in addition to you coming back and getting ideas and bringing people your business keeps doing well and this time we had to start pretty early so people get their mind around how they could be their own bank yeah our business our business is unique and I think now nowadays people are looking for solutions and the solutions have to do with how can they get outside of the traditional way of doing things financially and we've been fortunate enough to have a good presence on the internet and good minds that know how to communicate a, a message. And the idea is, it's actually really old, but it's kind of making its making its comeback using using insurance as a vehicle to build wealth. Yeah, it's pretty amazing stuff, and it takes a while to get your mind around it. But one of the great things about the summit is that you get a while to get your mind around things, right? You meet with different people every night, have conversations, and uh, it's great to see how many of your clients are in the room as well. Yeah, I mean, it's there's there's different applications to to how it's used, and it's awesome to see the people that we've uh, been fortunate enough to work with in the past. Uh, but also, you know, the questions that we that we get and the conversations we have is around how how to implement what what we do and their personal finances. So it's really exciting to explain that to them and see the light bulbs go on. Well, since so much of your business actually takes place virtually, right, and a lot of the education you guys do, people are watching videos and part of webinars and all this, to now get people to come together and have been implementing those ideas, talk to one another is pretty cool. Exactly. I mean, I think the biggest the biggest thing that, that our education provides is is just, it's, an, it's more of an open mind so that you see opportunity and you also avoid uh, potential pitfalls. And so looking at how people are using what we what we offer, uh, looking at how their financial plans are working, it gives ideas to other people so that they can take advantage of the same opportunities, uh, but also you know, also avoid some of the things that other people have uh, have done done wrong. All right, have a hand for Mr. Patrick Donahoe. And let's meet our other new faculty member. I'm sure he wasn't sure what to expect when he got on the ship, but very interested to hear what Knut had. Knut Anderson is talking about uh, strategic metals, different uh, metal investment. And uh, just before we even introduce Knut, how many of you had your mind expanded by show of applause by uh, his talk? So, Knut, welcome to the radio program. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, thanks. It's uh, fantastic to be here, and um, it's my first cruise ever and it's my first office course uh, real estate cruise ever and I think it's a fantastic way to hold a, um, a conference sharing ideas. Been fun stuff and of course your what you guys do is very different and it was fascinating to hear a presentation there's no way you're going to be able to repeat all of that in a short period of time but give us the, the basic overview what is a strategic metal and what makes it different than a precious metal? Well, the difference between a precious metal and a strategic metal is that precious metal is money in metal form. Strategic metals are metals that actually combines everything in, in between your house, industries, and is used for everything we use in the world. And they are truly rare. They are produced in so small amounts you can fit the whole world production on one pallet. And these metals are used uh, for so many important things that they make a great asset diversification. So instead of owning just silver and gold, as uh, an asset uh, protection in, 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 precious, in, in, in metals, as in precious metal, you can now own about 18 different metals that hold their values for different reasons. So it's all great to make a lot of money in what you do when you work or to have a good cash flow in your real estate, but this is really an insurance against all odds. No matter what happens, these things are needed for something and will be worth something. And uh, 
in, as inflation goes up, so does the value of the metals. And in time of shortage, the prices go up, skyrocket up, and uh, that's the time to, you know, cash out and invest maybe in more properties. It's fascinating to learn about the various metals and the uniqueness of their uses because some of these are used pretty pretty widely and others have just very unique uh, uh, uses. But how is it that you can teach people and people learn about these particular metals and even more so where the opportunity is with this many choices? We go to a lot of different conferences. I do a lot of different speeches. So if you go to any of the conferences, then definitely should come to your conference and then listen to me here. I'll for sure be back next year. Uh, they can contact us on our you know, websites, uh, SwissMetal.net, and we'll be happy to send them an information package where we can teach them about what is strategic metals and then what they're used for and why this makes such a great opportunity. And the best opportunity right now is that the dollar is highly inflated in, in value and the metals are not because they're bought in different currencies. So but just by buying them now and when a dollar retracts to its natural value, you'll have a huge gain not even including the supply and demand driving the prices. All right, well, how about a big hand for Knut Anderson? We've got lots more faculty coming up. We'll be back from the 13th Annual Investor Summit at Sea, and next we'll play Real Estate Trivia. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Hi, this is Mark Skousen, and you're listening to the Real Estate Guys. Are you ready to profit in paradise? Hi, it's Robert Helms. And if you think real estate investing means tenants, toilets, and termites, think again. Located just a short plane ride from the U.S., a virtually untouched paradise awaits. The beautiful country of Belize. When you go to Belize with the Real Estate Guys, you'll spend four fabulous days discovering one of the most intriguing real estate markets I've ever seen. With its jungle rainforests, pristine beaches, and 81-degree turquoise water, Belize is one of the most beautiful places on Earth. Plus, it's considered one of the top seven tax havens in the world. And why U.S. real estate continues to drop, Belize property is on the rise, and many experts think the best is yet to come. But don't just take my word for it. Come experience Belize firsthand at our upcoming investor field trip. When you join us, you'll discover the many reasons we love Belize, like tremendously undervalued beachfront land, super low taxes, ease of doing business, and so much more. Get the details at realestateguysradio.com. Just click on events. See paradise for yourself. Click events at realestateguysradio.com, and I'll see you in beautiful Belize. Hi, this is Doug Casey, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. It may not sound like it, but I am Robert Helms, and guess what? I've got a live studio audience. Oh, my goodness, we've had so much fun this week. It's been just incredible. Great, great folks. Lots to learn. Before we get back to interviewing our faculty, it's time to play Real Estate Trivia. We do this every week, whether we're at Sea or not. We give somebody a chance to win a prize. Now, unfortunately, the folks in the room are not eligible to win. But we're going to have a separate real estate trivia question for them. Before we give you this week's trivia question, here's how it works. In just a minute, I'm going to give you a trivia question that has something to do with real estate. When you know the answer or think you want to make a guess, just send us an email to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Trivia at realestateguysradio.com. The first person to uh, get the correct answer is going to win a copy of a great book written by our next faculty members. That's going to be yours, and we'll tell you what that book is, and you get to meet them in just a minute. But here's our real estate uh, trivia question for this week. For a copy of the book, The Social Capitalist, here's our real estate trivia question for this week. Which U.S. state grows the most sunflowers? Which U.S. state grows the most sunflowers? If you think you know the answer to that or want to take a guess, send it to us to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name and your mailing address because we have to physically send you this great purple book called The Social Capitalist by Josh and Lisa Lannon. That is today's real estate trivia question. Let's meet Josh and Lisa Lannon. How are you guys? Great. great. Thank you. How about a hand for Josh and Lisa Lannon? Five peppers you have. You've been uh, many times before. Josh and Lisa started just attending, and we asked them to do a little roundtable about what they do. They're building an amazing business, which since then, in these ensuing years, they've sold. They've now kept the real estate, sold the business. They're on to uh, another amazing project. So first thing is, tell us about your Week at Sea. Our Week at Sea has been amazing. We've come for five years now. We've brought our kids. They grow every year. Every year, they get a little more freedom. This year, they've kind of taken advantage of that, but they've had so much fun. Just the relationships of the kids that come back every year. 
And for us, just learning, growing, building relationships, it's been amazing. Yeah, the education's been fantastic this year. We both got uh, our folders are full of notes and action plans and steps and from big vision to what we're going to do next, the next one thing we're going to do. So it's been a fantastic trip, one for clarity on the big picture and also for action steps. What was amazing is in your talk, which uh, was just uh, Russ's favorite talk by his own admission, he thought it was his favorite talk of the, the cruise. I don't know. I don't th think in terms of favorites, but it rocked my world. And so many of the people, I think, got opened up to thinking bigger. And, and you guys were great about setting the vision and getting behind that. What, what, what do you, how do you get somebody from where they are now to being able to think big enough? Yeah, you know, that's okay because Lisa's my favorite too, so I totally get all right, good, good, good. <laughs> well, when we start, we get them to think of the big picture. Where do you want to be in 10 years? You know, most people look at 30, 60, 90-day goals. But when you're building your business, your real estate portfolio, whatever it is, it's like, where do you want to be in 10 years? And then how to break it down into manageable size chunks after that for, like, the next big thing or the next one thing. And then you go from there to grow it to your 10-year vision. Good, good stuff. Now, let's talk a little about what you guys do because you have a new uh, passion, a new mission, a new vision that uh, similar to what you've done in the past. So uh, tell, tell us the story of, uh, of what you guys are working on. It's fascinating. Yeah, our focus is drug and alcohol rehab centers. And what we do is we take residential properties, either large McMansions or ranches, and convert them into treatment centers. Now, we can do this legally through the ADA, American Disability Act, because we're treating people with a disability. So with these special use properties, there's a real estate play and a business play to it. So from the social calling, our passion, our purpose is bringing families back together again, healing addiction, and then on the business model, we're taking a property, dividing it out, multiplying the value by selling it per room per month. Yeah, it was a great uh, concept that you shared with us, which was divide to multiply by renting out the individual rooms and providing a lot of service. In this case, the service is specifically around helping people with and through addiction. Then you're able to magnify returns, which is a fascinating part of it. But now, what the project we're working on now really is a niche. So talk about your, your warrior niche. Yeah, exactly. Like we sold our business in 2013, had six locations in multiple states. But the, the why, the passion didn't go away. So with the calling, we refocus and say, okay, where's the next big opportunity or big challenge? And, and what we found is that in our military circles, 22 veterans a day are committing suicide. It's an epidemic. It's terrible. One police officer every 17 hours commits suicide. So we looked at that and said, we understand the culture. We understand the warrior class. So why not build a healing facility where warriors can come and heal with dignity and respect? And that's our next project. Yeah, and there's not hardly anything out there. I mean, there's there's rehabs, but not one that deals specifically with this niche where they can come in a peer-to-peer -peer environment and really open up and share their feelings because it's understood amongst the, the warrior class. So many people are looking to start a business, and then they think, oh, and besides that, I'm passionate about something. And what being a social capitalist allows you to do is take your passion and derive profit from it. How does someone figure out that for, for themselves? You know, there's so many problems out there in this world today, and that's what a social entrepreneur, social capitalist does, is we see problems and we put or we use the force of business to solve those problems. So in essence, we take liabilities and turn them into assets. Simply, that's what a social capitalist does. Yeah, so when someone's wondering, well, what's my purpose, what's my why, it's really about looking back through life and connecting the dots. Sometimes it comes out of pain. Sometimes it comes out of, you know, something great that's happened in their lives, and they just want to make a difference in other people's lives. All right, well, let's have a big hand for Josh and Lisa and what they share with us this week. This is our 13th year at sea, and the woman you're about to meet has 12 peppers on her badge. She's been here almost every time. Let's welcome Beth Clifford. <laughs> Beth, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Robert? I'm tired, but refreshed and filled with great information and ideas. You've been holding court every night at your table. What's been going on over there? Well, we spoke a lot about BHAG, which is a big, hairy, audacious goal. And every night we've been having working sessions about working through what are really, really big breakthrough goals. And I've heard everything from TV series to saving a million lives to uh, helping the homeless. I mean, huge things going on on this cruise, Robert. 
All right, amazing stuff. Well, because you're such a tenured faculty person, many times we save your presentation till later in the summit. But this time you had a really great message, and I wanted to get it on early, so you uh, spoke the first day. Tell us about uh, what you shared with the audience. Number one was to have a really big vision. Uh, number two is that you need to take it one step at a time, and what's most important is to get it started and not to overthink it. You can always adjust, as they say, or pivot along the way. Um, the third thing was how critical it is that you work on your business and not just in your business and that you need to be able to separate that within your own life and know when you work on your business is different than when you work in your business. And it's so mission critical that you spend those great hours every day working on your business. Now, since you've come back every year since your first year, tell the folks what is it about the summit that draws people together like probably no other event? You know, what I found interesting last night, it was uh, night five. Everybody is taking selfies. Everybody's on Facebook. The first night, everybody's kind of a little bit reserved, getting to know each other. By night five, everybody is taking each other's phone numbers. Everybody is networking. Everybody has found and started to put together a team that is going to let them take the next critical steps for them to accomplish the BHAGs in their life. And so that's what I think is just beautiful about the summit. Absolutely. How about a hand for Beth Clifford? And back with us for his third trip in a row, the amazing Peter Schiff. Hey, Peter. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Peter, you came the first year not knowing what to expect. Now that you're back for the third year, you're starting to get it. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm just here to manage Lawrence C. And exactly. And it's good. It's good because what we do, we not know this, if you just are used to reading Peter's book and, and watching uh, uh, Peter on TV, is that his wife, Lauren, sings. And we've had the great pleasure of hearing her sing a couple times this week. But we've also... Heard you deliver some uh, pretty serious messages. What uh, did you share with the group this year? Well, I mean, my message really hasn't changed. Uh, unfortunately, none of the problems that I identified on our first summit at sea uh, have been solved. Uh, the unfortunate fact is they've all been exacerbated by the policies that supposedly are there to help heal the economy, but they're making it sicker. But the reality is nobody understands that, and that's really my message. You hear a lot about... Uh, the success that the Sped supposedly had, that their, you know, their cure worked, that look, look at all the jobs, the low unemployment rate, records in the stock market, everything is great. And unfortunately, that's not the case. It's the same people who didn't understand how sick the economy was uh, leading up to the financial crisis that don't understand how much sicker it is now because they never understood the problem to begin with and that's why they don't understand that the fed has made the problems worse you know see they didn't they didn't see the last crisis coming and unfortunately you know they don't see this one coming because it's all part of the same problem that they haven't understood now i'm thinking that this next collapse is going to be so big that they may finally get it but of course it's going to be too late financially uh you need to be prepared now well, in fact, the theme of this summit has been predicting for and preparing for the future. And uh, you talk a lot about that very thing. First of all, the prediction that the real crash isn't here yet, right? You came out with Crash Proof in 2006 and uh, basically told us exactly why the crash of 2008 was happening. It was going to happen for the right reasons. Then it happened. And the real crash is really a book to say, hey, that wasn't the real crash. No, I mean, it was something that I wrote about. I mean, everything that happened in 2008, I did predict, although I didn't necessarily put a year on it. In fact, I was, you know, I was so worried when I was writing the book that I thought it might have happened before the book came out. And so then it wouldn't have looked as prescient if it was, you know, after the fact. But what I, I did believe that those events would be would be the first, you know, domino in a string. Uh, but the, the real crash was going to come as a consequence of all the foolish policies that the Fed was going to implement in the aftermath of that crisis and unfortunately every single thing that I said uh, was going to be done has been done. The only thing I didn't really understand or maybe predict was how many years it would be between the first event and the real crash because I've even revised the real crash book now and it still hasn't happened. So my plan is I don't think I'm going to re you know, write another book until after I'm not going to do you know the third revision of uh, predicting a crash. I mean I think my my uh, forecast is out there and I'll just kind of wait for it to happen. But the, the problem is, because it's taken so long, all the problems have gotten that much bigger. And so the fallout is going to be bigger based on what the government has, has already done 
you know, to try to kick the can down the road, to, to postpone the consequences. But even now, you can start to see the overwhelming amount of economic data that's even being released shows the economy is rapidly decelerating. And the experts are telling us, so don't worry about it. Everything is great. Uh, just look at the jobs report. Well, why should the jobs report carry more economic significance than all of the other reports? To me, it seems like the jobs numbers are the outliers. The other reports are more consistent with what's going on. And I also think if you dig beneath the surface of the jobs numbers, they're not nearly as good as the experts are trumpeting because really the driving force behind the falling unemployment rate is both a mass exodus from the labor force, so people are no longer counted as being unemployed even though they're not employed, and the transition from a full-time to a part-time workforce. And when companies are hiring part-time workers, by definition, they need more of them uh, because each individual is working fewer hours. So in a part-time economy, you create more jobs. But the problem is they're part-time jobs, and they don't provide the purchasing power that you would need to sustain a standard of living, which is why all the other indicators are so bad. Meanwhile, I think there's a lot of subjectivity in the jobs numbers because in, in, inherent in the report are these birth death models where uh, the government just assumes how many businesses started up or were shut down and then they assume these startups hired people well if the economy is a lot weaker than the government thinks they're gonna get this number wrong they're gonna be assuming businesses are starting up when in reality they're shutting down and so I think that number is skewed because a lot of these jobs are not really in existence they exist only in the minds of the statisticians, but in reality they're not there. So I think of a lot of the numbers that we get, the jobs numbers are maybe the less, least accurate or reliable. Uh, the other numbers, to me, certainly when you have a preponderance of data points that come out uh, where you haven't seen something this bad since 2008, and there's a lot of data series where the last time we saw numbers this bad was 2008, which is really amazing because that was the financial crisis. And if this is supposedly the best the economy has been, and, you know, we're ready for liftoff. How can all these numbers look the way they did in the midst of the 2008 financial crisis? Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, uh, I think the, one of the interesting things about The Real Crash, that book, is instead of just saying, hey, guys, there's a problem coming, by a show of applause, how many of you believe that something is looming on the horizon? Absolutely. Robert talked about it. Simon talked about it. Peter talked about it. These big brains are talking about it. But in your book, you actually talked about some of the possible solutions. The challenge with that, of course, is we probably won't see them. But what, what can the individual investor do if the, the, the prepare side? How do I help prepare for something like this? Yeah, well, first of all, the solutions are more ideas that will be implemented in the aftermath. Because there's no solution to the problem that we have. I mean, if we have all this debt that we can't repay, there's no solution but to acknowledge that we're broke and to move forward from there and you know basically restructure our commitments and, and and let people know the bad news hey you've been promised something from the government you're not going to get it and now you know let's move forward from here instead of pretending that we can pay for things that we can't and encourage more bad decisions and of course in order to keep the bubble going we need more cheap money we need to undermine savings undermine capital investment grow government expand speculation so everything we're doing to cover up the problems just makes the problems worse so eventually uh, we're gonna have to implement a lot of the the solutions to help us dig our way out of the hole and all of those solutions basically have to do with dismantling much of the government and getting rid of all of the programs and the regulations that have been enacted and passed over the years that have undermined the incredibly vibrant free market economy that our founders provided us uh, based on our Constitution and kinda of getting back to that but what we can do as individuals, you know, and that's more the purpose of the summit and why, you know, I talk publicly and, and write books and things like that, is to protect as many people as possible from financially going bankrupt. Because there's not going to be a shortage of bankrupt people, right? There's going to be a number of them. And just being among them isn't going to be, you know, that significant if you care about the direction of the country and you want to influence it. If you spend all your time trying to figure out, you know, where you're going to get, you know, money for food, you're not going to have a lot of time to help, you know, alter the course of the country. But if you can save yourselves financially, preserve your wealth, then you can be a bigger factor. You have uh, the resources available to help influence the course of the country because you're going to have a number of people that are going to try to blame all these problems on capitalism. And capitalism always gets the blame when government screws up capitalism by interfering and really turning it into socialism or 
corporatism or cronyism or capitalism, whatever you want to call it, but government gets in there and then screws stuff up, and they say, well, you see, we told you capitalism didn't work. Look at how bad it screwed things up. We need even more government. So, of course, the way this works is the more government gets involved, the worse things get, and now the more power the government can grab because it keeps blaming the problems it creates on capitalism. So we're going to have all these people that say, ah, we told you so. You know, we need no more capitalism at all. We need complete, total government control of the economy to prevent all this from happening. And then we'll have other people, hopefully people on this boat with resources because they didn't go broke, right, that can say no. You know, it was the government that did this. It was central planning and central banking and all this Washington micromanagement. It was our tax code and our regulatory code. And what we need is more freedom. We need to free the market from government interference so that individuals working, you know, you know, for their own self-interest can mutually lift everybody uh, out of this, you know, hole that we've dug ourselves into. And so that's my real goal. And then the way people can uh, protect themselves is by having their financial assets in the countries around the world that are going to come through this in the best shape. And there are countries that are, you know, nobody is a paradise, where nobody is a bastion of freedom. There is no, you know, equivalent of America in the 19th century. But there are a lot of countries that are much closer to what we used to be than we are. So I want to own assets in those countries, productive assets. I want to have resources where I have income streams coming in in Swiss francs or Singapore dollars or New Zealand dollars or Norwegian krona or Hong Kong dollars, uh, currencies that I think can hold on to a lot more of their purchasing power than the dollar or some of the other countries. So have real assets, have precious metals, gold, silver, which I think will be extremely valuable in a currency crisis where more and more people look towards real money to preserve their savings. You see a dollar crisis, which is also going to uh, hurt other fiat currencies, although not as much. But building that kind of portfolio that you know will enable you not only to survive financially and take care of yourself and your family, but to have the extra resources to help make a difference. All right, how about a hand for the amazing Peter Schiff? You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. More when we come back. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. We see it every day. Courts overflowing with frivolous lawsuits. People losing all of their assets simply because they were unprepared. The best defense against unscrupulous predators and creditors is a good offense. At Corporate Direct, we use the latest legal tools to help our clients of all sizes and from all over the world create a strategy to protect what is theirs. Think asset protection is only for the wealthy? Think again. Our Cover Your Assets strategies and tools are very affordable and practical. Industry leader Corporate Direct is owned and operated by attorney and best-selling author Garrett Sutton. Give us a call at 1-800-600-1760 or go to CorporateDirect.com to see how we can tailor a CYA plan for you. That CYA, cover your assets with Corporate Direct. 1-800-600-1760. That's 1-800-600-1760 for CorporateDirect.com. Hi, this is Darren Hardy, publisher of Success Magazine, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program, right here in the middle of the ocean with a live studio audience. We are on the 13th annual Investor Summit at Sea, returning for second year, two peppers on his badge, the amazing sales legend, Mr. Tom Hopkins. How are you, Tom? I'm having an unbelievable Hasn't it a lot been great? of fun. So, so Tom, you came with us last year having no idea this crazy thing that we do, and now you're back for a second year. What's this year been like for you? Well, what's nice is when you come back, it's like seeing old friends and the relationships. And, like, if you go on a normal cruise or educational experience, you normally don't have every year a chance to spend time with them, to get to know more about them. Like, you know, Ken and I have formed a tremendously fun relationship with laugh and golf and all the stuff that we love to do. But that's probably one of the nicest things I think you get out of an event like this is you, you have relationships that are not just one time and gone that build every single year. And and so I so enjoyed the, the cruise. Uh, also, I love the fact that 
to watch people who take our ideas and the, the things we've written and, and, and uh, created as far as our educational experience, to have them apply them. And so many people were so beautiful and came up and said that they liked some of the thinking that we covered with them. And I really believe that don't give too much mental energy to anything you can't change. Because I think with too much mental energy on something you really can't change, it can really affect you as far as your attitude, your being positive versus negative. And I've always believed that most people don't think about what they think about. And so it's so important that we do think about what we think about. And there are always going to be challenges, always going to be challenges in the world. Uh, I just have always felt staying focused with clarity that I got for you, from you, Robert, which I just love that, I think will enable my family and I to enjoy the abundance that we are supposed to have in this fabulous country. And I think there will always be that 5% in the world that will be pure achievers, that will be those that will prosper, those that will continue to help others, serve others. And so that's kind of my focus. And I, I just really have had a wonderful, wonderful experience. And I thank all the folks on the summit. And I would say if you have never enjoyed the opportunity, set it as a goal, because I think it can totally be a life-changing event. And based on the people that have talked with me, that's what's happened to many of them. I think that you get locked in for a week with people that have the minds, the talent, the excitement about life, the feeling that we're going to do well in the world. I, I just think that's so very, very important. So thank you all that were here. And I, if you weren't here, set a goal to be here. How about a hand for Tommy Hopkins? Let's welcome back for his sixth Investor Summit at Sea, the amazing Ken McElroy. <laughs> Kenny, what's it like hanging out with Tom Hopkins? Surreal, isn't it? Well, thanks for letting me go second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, you know, Tom's been a mentor of mine for a long, long time. I went um, many years ago to his trainings. I used them. Um, he's just one of the many benefits of coming on this uh, summit. Last year, you guys uh, hadn't really met other than at seminars. We had a chance to enjoy each other's company at dinner and those kinds of things. And, of course, lo and behold, you both live in the same town, so now you've got a chance to hang out a little bit, too. Uh, when is it too old to learn sales again? Well, you know, I was glad to get to know Tom a little better, and, and uh, certainly his wife, Michelle, she's here, and, and uh, it's never, ever too late. You know, we, I learn things every time I come to the summit, and of course, every time I sit down with Tommy. So we're at an interesting place. We heard what uh, Peter's saying about where things are going. Your market has changed in real estate, and you shared some of that with the uh, crowd. Uh, where do you see the real estate market headed? Sure, yeah. So I talked a little bit about that. And, and, you know, what's happening right now, what happens at every cycle is all the, the big money, all the institutional money, the pension funds, Wall Street, they're all entering the market right now and pushing the prices high. And, um, it's, uh, it's pretty much done. So, you know, for the next few years, uh, it's time to sit back and, and, uh, not invest. Yeah, in fact, you talk specifically about certain markets and where those sat and then kind of generally what's happening with cap rates. And, and part of it is getting your mind around when is the time to get in. When the market was headed down, 2008, the crash came, people were running for the exits. You guys were buying like crazy. Well, it's the same thing. Whenever you start hearing it from other people or you start reading it in the paper, it's over. It's hard to do it. It's hard to be disciplined to do it when uh, everything's crashing. And uh, it's also quite a bit more difficult because there's not a lot of capital flows and uh, but the good news is, is there's lots of deals. So uh, you can buy during that time frame and then just be diligent and have a plan and stick to the plan and not um, and not do it for fees. We talked a little bit about that. You know, a lot of people come into this business just for fees or commissions. And that's the wrong way to do it. And uh, if you're if you're coming in for cash flow, long term cash flow, uh, then you need to pay attention to the trend. Now, because it's been six years you've been coming, uh, it's changed. The market has changed at that time, so the things you're doing are, are changed. Things we talked about have changed a lot. One thing you talked about this year was you took us through a sample of a property that you guys uh, own and uh, you looked at what the performance had been in the last couple of years, and it was pretty darn good. You were looking at more than a 30% annualized return if you were to sell today. But then the big question is if you were to sell today, what would you do with the money? Well, that's the thing. The reason I brought that property is because – I bought it and didn't do anything to it. 
And so, you know, people call it performance. You know, I call it market. You know, right. uh, you know, it's really market. And so that property has gone up substantially in the Austin market. And, um, you know, if we sold today, we would be well over a 30% IRR. But the problem is, you know, what do you do with that money? And, you know, where do you reinvest that money? So, again, our principles have always been based on cash flow and not capital gains or timing. Uh, because obviously there's a million things that not only be able to re, re, uh, invest that, but also taxes, uh, you know, depreciation recapture and all the things that can happen when you sell. First time your boys were on the summit, they were in kids camp hanging out and playing games. Uh, now your oldest son is uh, sitting at the table getting in conversations with people. Uh, what's it like uh, having your kids starting to be interested in this stuff? Yeah, it was really neat. We had a nice uh, round table out actually at the beach and, um, they're on their third business. They're, uh, you know, the money that they uh, make, they make on their own. They, they, if they want something, they, they know not to ask us. They, you know, they figure out a way to, to do it themselves. And so they're self-sufficient already, and they're 14 and 17. And it's amazing that in their peer groups, it's different, right? A lot of their friends are saying, I got a chance to talk to both your boys this trip. And a lot of their friends are like, you know, you don't have a job. Well, when are you going to get a job? Well, actually, it was interesting because my son's a junior in high school, and he bought his own car, and he has his own money, and everybody's like, how do you have all that money and not have a job? And so he got into this great conversation with them, which was, well, just because I don't have a paycheck doesn't mean that I don't have a job. I work very hard for everything that I do, and it was a very interesting conversation, and, and what, what, what happened was the kids literally don't have a clue. They, you know, so he, so we've been passing out Rich Dad, Poor Dad to his friends, and and uh, hopeful that they read it. And, and uh, Kyle's been a, a little bit of a mentor to a lot of the kids in his high school. And uh, around the ship, right? We're one of the oldest uh, kids of the Summiteers. Uh, I know that uh, a lot of the kids are looking up to what he's doing and what Kate's doing, and they're spending time together talking about stuff. I mean, they're having fun, and they're playing Xbox, too, but it's great when they start talking about stuff that really matters. Well, it is. And, you know, the best part is that um, the confidence that they have. And then uh, they come. My son, before, before he came, I, I said, you know, why are you excited to come? And he said, because I finally am going to be hanging out with people who understand me. Wow, good stuff. How about a hand for the entire McElroy family? Now let's wrap this show up the way we always do with the two guys that have all 13 peppers on their uh, badges. First of all, the man we call the godfather of real estate has been investing in seven different decades, Mr. Bob Helms. Godfather, what'd you think this year? Wow. This was just amazing. I think somebody else used that word. We could wear that word out because it was amazing daily. I have been on every one of these things. And, of course, my overall impression is they continue to get better and better. But part of the fun is seeing the Tom Hopkinses and the Ken McElroys and those who have been here many times saying, I'm coming back next year. I don't want to miss this. This is important. Yeah, it was just amazing and great. Now, you actually uh, taught a great session this time on uh, contract uh, and offer strategies. So uh, still talking about how you get into a contract and how important that is. Uh, what were some things you shared on the summit? Well, we looked at the point that all of us who are investors are going to buy properties. We want to get into contracts. And when we seriously want to get into contracts, we need to give ourselves the opportunity to not shoot ourselves in the foot because... We were thinking about all the ways to get out instead of getting in, like having 14 contingencies that were unnecessary, etc. So we talked about the mindset of being in a contract. And then we also talked about some techniques for things that we've been doing over the years that work. All right, good stuff. How about a hand for the godfather of real estate? <laughs> Co-host financial strategist Russell Gray, ladies and gentlemen. We're almost done with another amazing year. It, yeah, it has. It's really been incredible. And I think for me, uh, there's a couple of things that I really have been enjoying as this thing has evolved over the last 13 years. Uh, there was a good percentage of younger people, and possibly that's because I'm getting older. And so the people that are here uh, just seem to appear to be younger. But it's it's really exciting for me when I get around the younger folks that have uh, dug deep into their own pocketbooks and made that investment in themselves. And our theme this year has been predicting the future. And the one thing we talked about in our opening remarks, Robert, uh, was that the only thing certain about your future is you. 
And the most important investment you can make is in you. And when Simon talked, he talked about the importance of investing in yourself and your education. And those are, those are two different things, by the way. And then investing in your network. And I thought that was really a profound comment because, the, you know, we know that the future is uncertain, right? Nobody really knows what's going to happen. I think there's plenty of things, as Peter pointed out, that we should be concerned about and watching carefully. But we really don't know exactly how that's going to manifest or when it's going to happen. And so part of preparing is not just moving things around on your financial statements, but it's moving things around to what's going on between your ears. Robert Kiyosaki talked about how the crisis isn't external, it's in your mind. In other words, it's how you perceive what's going to happen. If you're prepared for uh, massive shifts in the financial world, that chaos will bring the flip side, which is opportunity. Your ability to react to that opportunity is going to be a result of your preparedness whether you have the right strategies in place, whether you have the right resources lined up, whether you have the right people to call on to get perspectives. And I think the thing that I love best about this event is that you start out coming into a group and for some people it's strangers, for some people it's a second or third reunion with friends that are becoming better friends. For those of us with 13 peppers it's ridiculous because it's really old home week and yet we're continually bringing new people into the circle. And this is a network where you can create a network of subject matter experts, experienced investors with global perspectives, different real estate niches we talked about, different ways people are attacking the problem of making money through real estate. And you can compress time frames and literally get more done in a week than you could get done probably in four or five years of just going to conferences here, conferences there, meeting people, going to meetups. I mean, all those things are important and you should be doing those too. But when it comes to compressing time frames and getting ready, and we don't know when the next crash is coming, I, I can't imagine an event more effective at doing that than the sun. Well, unfortunately, we've just posted all the information for the 2016 Investor Summit at Sea. You go to our website at realestateguysradio.com, click on the Summit. We'll be back on this very ship. How did you like the celebrity reflection? <laughs> Going to all new places. Hey, big hand to our amazing faculty, all of our summiteers, and our team for pulling off an extraordinary week. Until next week, go out and make some equity happen. This episode of the Real Estate Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Paradigm Life. Powerful cash management strategies using life insurance. Learn more at BeYourBank.com. Mid-South Home Buyers. Low-cost, turnkey cash flow properties in Memphis, Tennessee. Corporate Direct. Asset protection strategies for real estate investors. From attorney and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton. Find these and other great companies under the Resources tab at realestateguysradio.com. To learn how you can expose your product or service to the Real Estate Guys audience, call 888-489-7723, extension 4. That's 888-489-7723, extension 4. Or use the feedback page at realestateguysradio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on the Real Estate Guys Radio Show.